Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Let me just say that what I'm about to preach about today, I know right now is not for everybody. But tomorrow it may be for you. Okay. It may be for somebody right now that's going through something, dealing with something, but it may not be for you for today, but it may be for something for you to pick in your pocket and how to hold it back. So if while I'm preaching and you that doesn't apply to me, Pastor, well, let, let me just tell you, there's an adversary that wants you. He wants your soul. He's out after you, and he's smart and cunning, and he's got tricks up his sleeves. And so today we want to talk to you about a date with disaster. A date with disaster. Judges chapter 16 and verse 18. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines saying, Come up this once, for he showed me all his heart. Then the lords of Philistines came up unto her and brought money in their hand, and she made him sleep upon her knees. And she called for a man and caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head, and she began to afflict him. She began to afflict him. And his strength went from him. And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he woke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as other times before. Shake myself. And he wist not that the Lord, or he knew not that the Lord was departed from him. A date with disaster. Lord, I come to you today asking, Father, for your help. I'm asking you, Lord, to speak in us and through us, O God, for the sake of your people. Lord, for the health of your people. God, for the protection of your people. God, I know that you love each of us so very much and you have given so much for us. Lord, and the enemy desires to have everyone Lord, that loves you and follows you. God, and I pray for your protection today upon people's lives and our minds. In Jesus' name, let everybody say amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. A date with disaster. When I talk about a date, I'm not talking about a calendar event. I'm talking about 
How many remember going on dates as, as a teenager or some of you would like to go on dates? <clears throat> you've heard of them. Maybe you've even experienced them. But dates that turn into disasters. I, I heard about a date where a, 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 a man and woman is going to be on a blind date. And so she's driving and gets a speeding ticket. And the cop that gave her the speeding ticket turned out to be her date for the night. That's just not starting off on a good foot. And, 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 and so I, re I read about another couple that went on a date and uh, it was a first, their first date. And, and, and the woman was going to cook a meal and she cooked a meal laden with onions and garlic. And it, it, it was awful. And they've been married for 30 years now, and she still can't cook, they said. <laughs> but, you know, there are, are dates that are disastrous, and there's dates that's good. Tonight, I wanna, or today, I want to talk to you about a disastrous date, a date with disaster. Samson was a miracle baby. He was promised by God, said that he would come, the Lord would send him, to be a deliverer for Israel. Samson was to be a unique and special man, <clears throat> a judge over Israel. He was to be unlike any had come before him or even after him. He was to take unto him the vow of a Nazarite. That was a vow of separation, devotion. <clears throat> he would possess superhuman God-given strength. I believe, this is my, you know, when Hollywood presents to us Samson, he's usually muscle-bound and big. I believe he was a little guy. Or otherwise, they would say his strength is in his muscles. But can you imagine a 180-pound, 160-pound little guy taking on what he took on and winning? Then they would say, where is his strength? How does he do that? You know, how does he do that? And, 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 and what, what is going on? They, they were perplexed by him. Amen. He possessed this supernatural strength. Uh, he was a rare figure. There's not been one like him. There's not been one after him. Amen. And he come from a good home. His parents were godly. His parents were worshipers of God. <clears throat> and, and, and while his form in his years may have reminded him of his uniqueness with his fact that he could not cut his hair, he was not supposed to cut his hair, he was not supposed to drink wine, he was not supposed to touch dead bodies. Amen. His mother and father, no doubt, drilled him and in, in, in grilled it into him that uh, you are a special young man. Sam, you are a special young man. God's got a purpose for you, a unique plan for you that God wants you to come and you're going to deliver God's people. He's got a plan. I'm sure that Manoah and his wife would sit down and talk to him about his destiny, about his future, and why he looked different than the other guys, and, and why he had to stay away from certain 
things uh, that, that others uh, could partake of and, and be a part of. But yet, Samson, God wants to use you, Samson. You are going to be mighty in the hands of God. God has given you special talents and ability. But remember your vow of separation. Remember that you are unique for a purpose. You are set apart by God for a reason. When the Spirit of the Lord would come upon Samson, he would accomplish some staggering things. He ripped a young lion apart with his bare hands. Can you imagine that? That lion's attacking him, and he grabs him by bottom lip and top lip and goes, And that lion is not just dead, he ripped it in half. You know what happened to all the other lions? Woo-hoo. See ya. At one time, Samson caught 300 foxes, tied their tails together with firebrands, lit them on fire, and sent them through the crop of the Philistines and destroyed their crop. Amen. One interesting story. <coughs> Excuse me. One interesting story is that he had a battle against the Philistines where he destroyed a thousand Philistines with a bazooka. Come on, that makes sense. He had a submachine gun. That's what he did. No, no. Somebody tell me, what did he destroy a thousand Philistines with? Jawbone of a donkey. A jawbone of a donkey, you know, he just looks around and says, whatever I got close to me, that's what I'm going to use. I'm special. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, I'm special. But it's interesting that this special man that carried the gates off of a city on the top of his back and put them on the top of a hill, amen, had 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 incredible strength, but but as one man said, he had he man strength with a she weakness. He was a he man with a she weakness. You know what the first recorded words out of Samson's mouth is? I have seen a woman. That's the first recorded words of, uh, out of his mouth. He is very much uh, attracted to uh, uh, women because of their appearance, and he looks on their appearance. Uh, Amen. He doesn't even mention the woman's name other than she said, she looks good. She's attractive to me. I don't know anything about her, but she's attractive to me. I want to go after this particular woman. He entered into the enemy territory to go find a woman that was he was attracted to. The woman at Timnath of Timnath was a harlot of Gaza, and yet he said, "I'm attracted to her." He's attracted to a harlot. You're special, Samson. You're unique, Samson. You've got a special calling on you. Oh, but by the way, I'm attracted to loose women. I'm attracted to uh, beauty from this world. Amen. Samson had an insatiable appetite for women. Amen. It was a personal lure to him. It was a 
personal struggle with him. I wonder how many of you today have already identified things in your life. It may not be the same thing that Samson had, but you've identified things in your life that is a, a propensity that you're lured toward. It's something that you're lured, you've got you've got to put up a hedge about you. You've got to put up a, a, a place where you say, no, I'm staying away from that. Can I tell you, if you have not identified what it is in your life that you are particularly uh, tempted by, that Satan has already figured it out. Uh, he's already figured out what is your uh, uh, bait, uh, what is going to get your attention. I, I, we can go into a lot of story today about Samson and all of his syndrome and all of his problems and all of his issues. But let's talk about his date with Delilah. His date with the Delilah. We could talk about how that, that, that uh, he went through the vineyard of Timnath and he had a vow that he was not supposed to drink wine and not even to touch grapes, yet he went through a vineyard. He meant we ought to stay away from things that we need to not be touching. He was not supposed to touch a dead carcass, yet he put his hand into a dead carcass and got him some honey. Amen. He should have stayed away from the vineyard of Tinnath. He should have stayed away from the dead carcass, but he continually flirted with what his his, his separation was. He continually flirted with the, with the outskirts of, let me just see how close I can get and still have this. I want to see how close I can get and still have my destiny. Can I tell you today that Satan is after your destiny? He is after your future. Every one of you that are listening to my voice today, everyone that is watching or if you're listening to a podcast, I want to tell you that God has a future for you. God has a purpose for you. God has a unique place for you. And you have something that this world needs. You have something that this world is craving for. You are the answer to a problem. You may not have figured it out yet, but I'll tell you the devil is watching you. He's seeing what you're doing. He watches you as you go about your particular daily task. So Samson finds him another pretty woman. Delilah. Delilah. Delilah consorts with the Philistines and she's going to get paid money to find out what the source of his strength really is. So she brings him into this house and I don't know what it is about Delilah that can make a man that has such great strength just quiver in his knees. But she did. Bring him in and she began to, to smuse him. She began to talk to him and said, Oh, Samson, stroking his long hair, probably laying his head in her lap. And can you just see that Delilah, she's so beautiful. She's decked out. She looks great. She looks attractive. And Sam comes in. He's weary from whipping a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. He's tired of carrying off gates. And, and he's tired of having the judgment of Israel upon his shoulders and, and, and walks into the house. And, and oh, Delilah's got his favorite food there cooking, got his favorite drink ready for him. And comes in and says, oh, Sam, just come in and rest a while. Lay your head down here, honey. I want to talk to you about how, oh, you're a handsome man. 
You're a pretty fella. I love how you look. But, but, but I just have a question for you there, Samson. How do you do this stuff? What is it about you that makes you different? What is it about you that makes you unique? Can I stop and tell you? Please hear me today, young ladies. It is, it is very common that guys who do not love the Lord will go after girls who live for God, who walk godly, who look godly, because they'll take you as a trophy. They'll take you as a mark. They'll pursue you to get you, and when they got you, they'll drop you like a hot potato. But pastor, he's cute. Each time Samson got in trouble, it was the same temptation. His relentless pursuit of women would become his own undoing. Delilah would not even have a chance to destroy Samson if he had said no a long time ago. Here's the temptation of Samson. Where, where is your strength at? Where does your strength come from? And he says, bind me with seven green withs or catgut strings. Bind me with that. And so, so she, she puts him to sleep and binds him with seven catgut strings. And she says, oh, Samson, the Philistines be upon you. And he gets up and what does he do? He just breaks them apart, separates them and goes and whips them. You know, Samson ain't got a clue. He doesn't have a clue because he goes back and lays down in her lap again and she starts rubbing his hair and she starts saying, said, oh, Sam, you didn't, you weren't telling me the truth. Please tell me where your strength lies. Well, tie my, tie me up with, with seven new ropes and I'll be as weak as any other man. Amen. And so she does that again. You know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. It's the enemy's tactic to lead us down a path that the things that once held us captive are, is tempting us becomes that constant thing that we need to get awake and say, the devil is after me. He wants me. He wants my future. He wants my power. He wants my prayer life. He's not dating me because I'm pretty. He's not going after me because I'm particularly a choice. Amen. But he wants to hang me on his wall like a trophy and say, look at what I got. Uh, no, no, I want to talk to you very, very, very plainly today. Amen. And, and, and still be careful with my words. I have watched over the years because God put me in places where I had to deal with preachers or, or talk to preachers or, or see that there were men that had high callings, great callings, mighty powerful ministry. I'm talking about ministry that God had blessed them mightily, but they had a Samson weakness. And in that Samson weakness, the enemy tried his best and began to work with lures and temptation to go after that, that trophy. And I want to hang it on hell's wall. I want to tell you, it doesn't matter if you're a preacher or if you're just a young person on a pew. The enemy wants you. The enemy is after you. He wants your life. He wants your future. So he says, tie me with seven new ropes. I'll be like any other man. 
And again, the Philistines be upon you, Samson. He breaks them and he wins the victory. How many times does the devil come to us and he begins to tempt us and go after us and, 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 and we win the victory, but he comes back with the same thing? The same thing, the same lure. We, any fisherman in the house today? Can I see your hand if you're a fisherman? Praise the Lord, Sister Beth. Where? Oh, there, there. I knew there was a fisherman in the house. How about hunters? We got any hunters in the house? Got a hunters? Amen. You know, uh, uh, they tell me I'm, I'm not really smart when it comes to hunting and, and, and certainly not smart when it comes to fishing. I don't know one lure from another lure, but, but I know that one thing, you can't catch certain fish on, on the same lure. You, you've got to have a particular lure to get them. And, and, and I know that bucks, I hear all you hunters talking about how smart bucks are. That bucks are just super smart. There's a reason why I've come to realize they put hunting season at a certain time. Because there's other times of the year that bucks lose their mind. They lose their mind and they'd be easy to kill. But during hunting season, you've you, you got to track that guy. And I, I've seen those YouTube channels with those hunters that they'll, they'll go for days tracking one particular animal. My dad said that in World War II, after the war was over, they let them hunt deer. And he said, I tracked one deer for two weeks before I found him. I want to tell you the devil is tracking you. He's after you. And you can think, I'm smart. I'm able to handle this. I'm able to take care of this. But I can tell you that the enemy will not stop with one question. Where is your strength? The enemy will not stop with two questions. Where is your strength? But he's going to get closer and closer to the real story. Because on the third time, she says, now, honey, you're not telling me the truth. Where your strength is. And he said, if you'll weave seven locks of my hair with a web and a beam. If you'll put a log in my hair, I'll be like anybody else. Oh, Samson, the Philistines upon you. And so he jumps up and carries the log with him in his hair and destroys the Philistines. But do you see how close he's getting to the real power source? Don't let the devil take you to the point, amen, where he's getting close to your power source. Pastor, what is my power source? It's my commitment to God. It is my separation. It is that point where the Lord had said, leave this alone. Don't, don't get involved with that. Don't be a part of that because I've got a special purpose for you. I've got a special plan for you. Hey, Sam, leave it alone. I wish I had some mom and dads that have been down the road would help me preach today. You know what I'm talking about. You've had temptation that has come after you. Amen. But you've learned ego can get in the way. Arrogance will get in the way. And here is Samson. He's living in his ego and his arrogance. Like, I'm okay. Catch me if you can. Deal with me if you can. After all, I carried the city gates off. I killed a thousand Philistines. I did it without a scratch. Amen. Samson forgot. Amen. That he was a man with boundaries. He was a man with borders. 
Oh, Samson was the kind that thought, the rules are not for me. The rules are not for me. I am better than the rules. I am bigger than the rules. Do you know how Bernie Madoff became the most shamed man of Wall Street when he built people out of, my, my, my memory is failing me right now, but it was almost $1 billion that he stole from people, the worst Ponzi scheme that Wall Street has ever seen is because he began to feel entitled. Bernie was not a rich man, but he began to feel entitled. Amen. How is it, how is it that, that, that a president can have a young intern come into his office, amen, and, and do sexual acts on him? How is it because it's the same thing that Samson felt? I can make it. I can do it. I'm bigger than this issue. I can handle this. I want to tell you, but for the grace of God, none of us can handle things that that are attracted to us. Amen. Samson did not fall overnight. Amen. But it was the daily vexing of the lures and the attractions of his pleasure that seduced him, enticed him, allured him, sweet-talked him. Samson had no business flirting as close as he was to the enemy's camp. He wasn't on a mission. I said he wasn't on a mission. Amen. You cannot court the devil and hold hands with the devil and expect to eventually overcome when it comes time for you to be victorious. <clears throat> Samson finally gave in to the temptation and the lust of his own flesh. When he told her the secret and said, you want me to be weak like anybody else? Just cut my hair off. I'll be like anybody else. Now, I'll be honest with you. Brother Chris, I'm glad I don't have to follow that Nazarite vow. I'd have a problem with this. The point is not about Samson having long hair. The point was... He had a mark of separation. He had a vow of separation. That was the point. That was the point. She lulls him to sleep. She shaves his head. And this time when she said, Samson, the Philistines be upon you, he rose up, the Bible says, as before. I'll do it again. I'll overcome it. I'm going to go back to church and I'm going to pray through again. I'm going to go, I, I, I'm going to go through the motions one more time. I'm going to deal with this one more time and I'll be all right. I'll make it all right. And then, then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Delilah later. Amen. I'll go back to Delilah. But there comes a moment when you have to say, Oh God, I cut it off. Lord, Delilah, we're not dating anymore. Delilah, I'm not a part of this anymore. I'm moving. Moving on because you're getting too lo too close to my separation. Too close. <clears throat> when, I, when I received the call to the ministry, I know you're not going to believe this story, but it's absolutely the truth. When I received the call, the ministry is between 7th grade and 8th grade. And in 7th grade, I played our school, had middle school, 
ball. We, had, we were a big school, and, and of course, te- Texas football's king, and I was on the inter-football uh, squad. We, all, we had enough to have three teams all padded out, and we were playing ball, and, and, and so I had signed up from the seventh grade going into the eighth grade to play football. But between the seventh grade and the eighth grade, God called a 14-year-old boy to preach. And all of a sudden, my, my focus began to change. And my purpose began to change. And, and I had my parents, I said, take me off of the ball team and put me on regular PE. I, 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 I realized that my commitment to ministry, and as a young person, I just realized I, I, I needed to set that aside. And so if you would have found me the summer, as I was in the summer, you would have found me preaching to the lawnmower. You'd have found me preaching to the water hose. You'd found me preaching to the rake. I would go into the shed and I'd practice and I'd preach and I'd preach and never preach one message in my life, but it was a burning fire in my soul and I couldn't stop it. And so when I got to school and began the school year in the eighth grade, the coach had moved me from P.E. back to playing football. And he said, he saw something in me. I guess I, I, guess I, was, I was the next upcoming, you know, uh, uh, Brian Erlacher or something. I played, I played linebacker. And he said, I need you on my team. You've got the quality that I lead. I said, but you don't understand, coach. Now, this is the same coach in grade seven that I went to his office and knocked on his door and said, you didn't put me on the basketball team. I want to be on the basketball team. I'm as good as any of the other boys. Please put me on the team. And he did. And, and, and that's another story. But, but he put me on the football team anyway. He, he went against what I'd signed up for. And this time, instead of going, coach, put me on the team. This time I said, coach, I'm sorry. But something has happened to me between seventh grade and eighth grade. I've got a new calling. I've got a new perspective. I've got some new direction. And so I just don't know if I have time. Can I tell you that that was my last year in public school. But we had some friends and I had a prayer meeting that had we had during a 15-minute uh, kind of a break period. And we went from uh, seven people to 200, over 200 in our prayer meeting that we would gather in and have prayer. Eighth grade, amen, give me that, give me that. I want that rather than... Tackling a quarterback. Hey man, I want to be used by God. My destiny. I'm not telling you that if I'd played ball, I would have missed out. But I'm telling you that there could have been a chance. There could have, if there is a chance that your destiny is in balance, you need to stand up and say, Oh God, I'm making sure that my commitment stays. So when his hair was gone, his commitment was gone, most importantly, the Spirit of the Lord was gone. But here's the dilemma. I believe Samson still thought, I can go do it, and the Spirit of the Lord's still with me. There comes a moment where God says, i got to step off here. There comes a moment that his protection leaves. Samson becomes blind, and his life then is reduced to grinding in the mill. 
I know that Samson's hair later grew, and I knew he did what he did, but you know what? He should have never been there in the first place. He should have never laid his head in Delilah's lap in the first place. Amen. Samson became a trophy for the Philistines. They plotted and schemed and strategized and used allurement, whatever they could do to win. Samson was a prize that they worked hard to get. I want to tell you what the Lord said about someone in a very similar situation. Luke twenty-two thirty-one, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I pray for thee that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. Can I tell you, there's a desire that Satan wants. He wants every one of us in this room. He wants every young person. He wants every middle age. He wants every mom and dad, every, every grandchild, every grandparent. He wants them. Amen. That's his desire. But there's another desire. There's another desire. Jesus said, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. Amen. Which desire am I going to learn, learn to run to? Am I going to run to the desire of the enemy that wants my life and my destiny and my future? Or I'm going to go to the one that's already set my destiny, already set my future. He's praying for you tonight. He's praying for you today. He's praying for me today. He wants you to win. He wants you to overcome. Hell wants you as a trophy. He wants you to, for his kingdom. Hallelujah. First Peter 2 and 4. Why, why, why does hell want you? Because we are living stones. Disallowed indeed of men. But chosen of God and precious would you just put your hand right now on your chest and say, I'm precious. Uh, come on, say it. I'm valuable. I'm worth what the Lord paid for me on Calvary. I am worth, amen, something wonderful. If heaven rejoices over one sinner that repents, what does hell rejoice over? What does hell go to a party about? What is it that makes hell rejoice? I will tell you today, often preachers will talk and say, how many people y'all running? How many people you got in your church? The number for me that really haunts me is how many people I've pastored that have backslidden. That's the number that haunts me. That's the number that I can't get away from. That's the number I can't stop praying over. Amen. Because the enemy lies, cheats, connives, and shows us a picture of, of, of a wolf in sheep's clothing. Shows us something that looks very enticing, but underneath it is dangerous. It is deadly. Don't go dating the devil. I said, don't go dating the devil. It will turn to disaster. Amen. Hell has an agenda. Hell has an agenda to feed upon your heart, to feed upon your mind. Hell has an agenda to destroy you. It is not freedom. It's bondage. Isaiah 5 and 14. Therefore hell hath enlarged itself and opened her mouth without measure, that their glory and their multitude and their pomp and their rejoicing shall descend into it. Hell is hungry. 
And you and I are on the menu. That's why Peter said, the same one that Jesus said, I'm praying for you. The same one that denied the Lord three times in 1 Peter 5 and 8. He said, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. But I've come to tell you, you've got authority over him. You've got a power over him to destroy the work of the enemy. Hallelujah. I can't afford to have the date with deception. I can't afford to have a date with temptation because it will lead to disaster. James 1 and 14, but every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. The call of the wild sometimes is loud. Amen. Why don't you just quit? Why don't you stop living for God? The call of the wild can ring in all of our ears. But what, 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 what happens is the enticement and the allurement. We've got to say, I stand against it. I've got to say to the enemy, I resist you in the name of the Lord. I resist you in the name of the Lord. Satan had a desire to have Samson, and he got him. I will tell you that there is still a part of Samson's story that is glorious and wonderful. Turn over Hebrews chapter 11, where it gives the roll call of faith. Do you know whose name is listed there? Samson. What does that mean? God is a God of second, third, Fourth, fifth, however messed up old Samson was, God said, I still see you as you ended up. Would you stand with me, please? The Lord woke me up this morning with this scripture ringing in my mind. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, but I've prayed for you. I pray. There's two desires for you today. It's the desire of the enemy and the desire of the Lord. If you would put up 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Listen to this. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. For every one of you young folks, look around. There's people that have been tempted with things just like you. For every middle person, middle-aged person, look around at some of our elders, and there are people that have been tempted with the same things that you and I have been tempted with, and overcome them, and overcome them. Amen. There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation Make a way to escape. Joseph is a prime example of one that said no, no to his boss's wife, no to anger and hate, and he ran from sin rather than embraced it. God has given to you and me power over the enemy unless we surrender it back to him. There's no possible way for Samson or anybody with an attraction to things of this world to be defeated unless they give in.
to the temptation. Lest they give in to temptation. The psalmist said, order my steps in thy word and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Hallelujah. I will tell you whatever it is that is your allurement that the enemy uses, whatever it is that that's your trigger, whatever it is that, that, that is that, that temptation that always gets you, is that the devil will play that card every time. He will play that every time. But the psalmist said, order my steps in your word. It is in the word of God that I have victory. It is, it is in the word that Satan tempted Jesus and Jesus said it is written it is written hallelujah I don't know about you but I want to be careful about being trapped by the enemy to become his trophy hallelujah we're going to pray and I'm just going to open up these altars Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.